Welcome to the Suffering Podcast. Each week, we walk you through how suffering is the way to sustainable success and the path to greatness. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. Visit thesufferingpodcast.com for complete details. Please subscribe and like to get our latest episodes as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for exclusive content. Please comment. We may read your comments on future shows or even reach out to you for a future guest appearance. Let's embrace how suffering forges bonds that last forever, showing we are never alone. So get so ready, get ready, sit down, sit down, and strap it, strap it. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Strap it, strap it. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. This is gonna hurt. It's time for the Suffering Podcast. Dented Development Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a mission to assist first responders and their families repair dents caused by suffering. Help us support the ones who take care of us selflessly. Dented things can still operate, but may not be as pretty as they once were. Make a difference and go to DentedDevelopmentProject.com to get involved today. Our heroes need our help. All new Suffering Podcast gear is here. The show depends heavily on our supporters to get the word out. Let people know that suffering is a team sport and no one is alone in their struggles. Wearing the Suffering Podcast merchandise accomplishes that goal. Check out our store at thesufferingpodcast.com or check our show notes for the link. Your support and love means everything to us. What is the cost of doing your job? Are you missing out on things at home? Is it damaging a relationship? Is it killing your social life? Is it sucking the enjoyment out of everything? What price are you willing to pay to say that you did your job? These things and more should be on everybody's mental analysis sheet to fully understand and quantify whether the price of doing their job is worth it. Sometimes the cost is much too high to pay. Sometimes we get a bargain. Sometimes we make a bad investment. Many of us feel that we have no choice but to do our jobs. There is very little thought into what the consequences are for being successful. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felace, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we sit down with retired police officer Elvin Hernandez to discuss the suffering of sworn duty. Elvin paid a heavy price in the performance of his sworn duty, and we will sit here today to explore whether the juice was worth a squeeze. Elvin, thank you so much for coming in. I know uh, we've had numerous conversations, and we have many mutual friends. Yes, we do. Well, it's kind of funny when I first reached out to him, he's like, oh, uh, 
Can I ask you a question? Like, how the hell did you get my number? <laughs> really, why I said, how the fuck did you get my number? <laughs> we are, I wanted to say. We are better. We do better detective work in order to get guests on this show than we did yeah, when we were yeah, working. No doubt. No, yeah. 100%. Like, when he called me, I was like, uh, the you, fuck, you who can't, the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> you can't just go into, like, the, the white pages, you know, and look up Elvin Hernandez, you know. There's yeah. like 9, Who'd you get it from? I got it from Alex from uh, Hackensack Brewing. He's a retired Hackensack police officer. So if you don't want to be here today, Elvin... Fucking go hit Alex. Yo, Alex, I'm gonna come after you, man. <laughs> he at least he at least owes you a couple rounds. He owes you a couple yeah, beers. Yeah, he owes you yeah. a couple beers. Go over to Hackensack Brewing yeah. Company. Have a couple Actually, beers you on know Alex. what? Like I just like I just did the patio in the house. Like I'm definitely gonna call him and be like, let me get a barrel, bro. There you go. That's Literally. actually a good idea. <laughs> get a barrel. I mean, t- no, let me go a couple first. Beers. I want a barrel. Yeah, the barrel would be nice. Well, and, the, the, also, if you want to sell your house, he'll take care of that too. The way no, we got Elvin is I have to give props to. I don't know if you know, Pat Elwood and his wife, Yvonne, he was a retired Ridgewood cop. She contacted me. Mm-hmm. Yvonne contacted me and said, why don't you get Elvin Hernandez on? He's got a good story. Before we get into any of this, let's get into this week's social media question, and it comes from Amber. And this one came via email. It says, do you ever check the validity of the stories of the guests that you bring on the show? This is a question more for Mike and I, Elvin, but your story in particular, why don't you tell the audience how we verified your story? Well, from what I understand, we verified it because during group, correct? Like, right. uh, basically, Miguel was Miguel in your, Molina, Miguel who was Molina, a friend of ours. Yes, yes, uh, Miguel Molina, who was uh, involved uh, with my situation, he was in your group, right? Yes, he yeah. was. And then um, that's how you got the validity of what happened. It's it's coming straight from Miguel. So right. there's no bullshit with no that. bullshit with that. I mean, like you know, no, he's you, not going to sit there and um, you could read no the newspaper bullshit. articles and. They're half right. Exactly. So, right. You know but I mean? for us, we rarely do that. Like you're you're an odd situation because we know the backstory of it just because we're intimately involved. But Mike, we don't normally vet people when it comes to that. You know, it's not really about vetting these people. It's, it's you know, we hear a story and we contact those people and it's their story. From their perspective. From their perspective. That's exactly it. I mean, it's their story from their pers- how they perceive it. Right. You know, and we bring them in here, let them tell their story. And if it helps them out, it helps them out. If it helps someone else out, it helps someone else out. We're not here to, we don't have time to do backgrounds on all people. And that, that's why we don't bring up names. We don't bring up names because we don't want any, any legal troubles. However, I mean, there, there's a basic way that I do it. I'll do what's called maybe a statement analysis, which is a real quick thing where I'll tell you, hey, tell me about your day. Uh, I don't know if either of you use this in police work, but it was really effective. So if you suspected somebody of lying to you, you tell them to start with their day from the very beginning. Like, what'd you have for breakfast? How'd you get in your car? And they'll tell you the most intimate details all down the line of what happened until they get to the point, the, whatever offense happened. And then they'll go, oh, and I did this. And they'll brush right over. And then they'll go right back into detail. Yep. Aside from that, and that is very rarely done. Aside from that, if you tell me you got a good story, and I think that story can help somebody else going through something similar, it's not my part to say what's real and what's not real. You know, and it's not for us to call the victim, right? You know, and say you know did we're this, not investigative did, reporters, this, exactly. Yeah, we're not yeah, investigative yeah. reporters. So, Amber, I hope that answers your question. I know Mike and I have had certain guests on where post we've gotten some flack on it. This is a, this isn't one hundred percent accurate, and I respect those decisions. We're ne- we're never here to injure anybody or hurt anybody. If something that we have on the validity is in question, their story did definitely help other people. We have had, yeah. we have had some people where when they left, we said, 
Uh, there's yeah. more to the story than they're letting out. Yeah, yeah. and usually there's there's three sides to every story. Exactly. There's your side, my yeah. side, and the truth. That's what I was going to say. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can't really know how deep it goes unless you were in that situation, unless you were there. Right. So really, you're going to get what that person perceived that day, right? And if there's another person there, you're going to get what that person perceived. And then there's the 100% truth, which really, you know, you can't really pick and point. Your is. story is, is all subjective. Mike's story is all subjective. Mine is as 100%. well. Everybody's story is subjective. There is no third party overwatcher looking over all of us. You're not going to make everybody happy. You know, and and just getting to that point, during your incident, have you talked to people who said, oh, yeah, I was there. I saw this. I did that. I saw And you know they were nowhere near it, you know? Um, So now that's their perspective of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had guys tell me, oh, yeah, I was was the guy that tried to open a door. No, you weren't. (laughs) No, you weren't. You know, you could tell your friends that, you know. Oh, my God. You know what? You're, You're right. You're right. Somebody we know. I don't know whether they're there or not. Said they were there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, mm-hmm. I, who the hell knows? Yeah. So, Elvin, we, we got in contact with you. Maybe we, we I won't want to say it's underhanded, but maybe it's not as direct as we would have liked. Yeah. But we did want to highlight your story because you, uh, you got something very interesting. But again, before we get into your story, you've been listening to the Suffering Podcast. Yes. And I'm interested to find out what your thoughts are. Well, so far, I really like what I'm hearing. You know, the two that I listened to was your story, Mike. Right? <laughs> That's because you I'm fucking so... you fucking got his 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 name in a dirty yeah. way. He just he just busted your balls on air. Mike, I'm just so bad with fucking names, man. Mm-hmm. I'm so good with like you know faces, so handsome and ugly. Let's go by that. <laughs> go by that. Yeah. So basically, I listened to both of them, and um, you know, it was pretty intense. You know, uh, you know, it was funny because I was listening to it when I was in, like, while I was in bed, I put the kids to bed and everything like that, you know? So my wife caught some glimpses and she was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, I was like, there's some fucked up shit in here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But definitely brought back some memories. And like a lot of the things that you guys said, you know, are related to, you know, all of our situations are different, but they're, they're, they're more in the same, um, they all have a common thread. Exactly. It has a common thread. You know, that's the perfect word for it. Playing the same. What do you always say? You're, something about the same storm. What's that quote you always say? We're going through the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, that's and there's so some of our problems and trials are kind of universal, but I'm so happy that you're listening to it because you did miss out on group. Yes, I did. You know, you know, um, we would have known. I wouldn't have had to backdoor to get his number <laughs> if he came to group because I would like have. You had his were number. supposed to. I yes. know you were invited. Yes, I, I, I was invited. Um, I'm a little bit of a hardhead, you know what <laughs> I mean. So uh, obviously, you know, as you could tell, but uh, but yeah. So it was just tough because Alex had told me about it. Um, a couple other guys had told me about it uh, when it actually happened the incident, and like you know, I just didn't know how I felt about it being in a room full of other people talking about it you know just be, that was know, the only place for me where i could yeah, talk about yeah, it. i mean too. that's you know listening to you guys i'm like damn i wish i would have gone and you know there's just still a chance that i you know like i said i might show up one day and just like be like, hey what's up Fuck, yeah, i have yeah, one in a while i was i was hesitant about going to group also because yeah. i didn't you know like you said you don't want to talk about it yeah you know? i mean but but yeah. when you get around cop like if you're like-minded te- if you're telling your story to a group of people like non-cops mm-hmm. regular civilians you feel uncomfortable talking about it, yeah. you know, because they don't really get what you went through. Yes. When you're with cops or like-minded cops that have been in similar situations, very easy to talk about it there. Yes. And I, and now that I see, like, now that I, I hear you guys, I'm just like, damn, like, maybe it would have. This is what it was like, by yeah. the way. Yeah. You know, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it just seems like it would have been a good a good way to uh, get some things off the chest and other people in similar situations had could be like, you know what? Like I can relate to that. You know? Nobody could, could, judged you. You ever. think you think you're fucked up because of some of the feelings you get. 
when you go to group therapy, you're, you know that other cops are feeling those things that have been through those situations. You realize, you know? No, no. Some of those guys in there are really fucked oh, yeah. up and it's got nothing to do with the shooting. They were fucked up before the before, shooting. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, no. I, honestly, I think we're all broken. No, no. Right? Like, no. It, it, listen, <laughs> no, we're, we're so, dented. Yeah. We're, we're not broken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. So like like this that. is how group would start. Group, the Dr. <laughs> Stefanelli would pass out a list and he'd ha- you'd have to write your name and yeah. he'd get the, he'd get the list back and he's like, okay, bend over. Mike Hunt, <laughs> Oliver clothes off, Mahatma pants. I jeep my drawers, <laughs> and most of the time, I I may have one did one or two, but I got blamed for them all. Again, what does that do? It just it, you, you're coming into a room, especially for a new guy, mm-hmm. coming into a room. You know you're going to have to talk, or you you're pretty sure you're going to have to talk. So what is that? It breaks the tension just like yeah. that. Yeah, and then you see us having fun, but the for a long time, that's the only place I felt normal. I, I looked forward to going a lot. I envy you guys now. I'm like, damn, yeah. the rest of the king. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck. Because sometimes you're talking to these people and it's like, and that's that's where I shut off. That's why I shut off is when I started talking to, talking about it to people that didn't understand. That's exactly. why I, yep. Therapists that's why I or, or civilians? Um, I'd say both. Both. Because yeah. like, you know, it's like, it's not like I'm going to go up to a person and be like, like, hey, you know, like I went through, like, you don't yeah, do guess that. Guess what? You yeah. get what I'm saying? But like, you know, uh, you know, as we get into the story, you're going to see that, you know, I mean, fuck, you know, you Google my name and now my fucking face is all everywhere. So they they know, you know what I mean? So it's like they, they're kind of like asking questions and you're kind of just kind of like, you dancing. Know, being, yeah, you're kind of dancing around, well, you know? You, like, uh, how old are you? I'm Right now I'm 35. You're 35. Oldest so you, guy in the room again. Well, that's not hard, man. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Mahatma Gandhi could yeah. be in here. You'd be the oldest guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. You look pretty good for your age, though, man. I ain't gonna lie. For man. your age. Yeah, for yeah. my age. Exactly. For your, that's a good caveat yeah, yeah, on the yeah. end of that. But <laughs> you get that question all the time because yeah. I, I retired. Collecting Social Security? So no, only fifty six. Nice. That was a good one. Collecting a pension. Eh? <laughs> you probably get the question all the time because you're young. Oh wow, you're really young to retire. Yeah, that's the number one question I get all the time, yeah. and it's like, you know, I get it in, in my current job. You know what I mean? It's like you know, like you're proud of what you did, yeah. so you want to you 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 want to say that like, oh, I'm a retired police officer. But boom, the next question next comes question. like, damn, man, you look pretty young. You, you did good for yourself, huh? I'm yeah. like, uh, when did you get uh, the yeah. job when you were 12? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, it just it just opens up to questions you really want to answer. Right. You know what I mean? Especially to people that, and then you say, and then you kind of say a little bit of what happened. They're like, oh my God. And, you know, and um, they'll start asking you really inappropriate yeah, questions. I just really got that inappropriate questions. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And, like, you know, I don't, like I said, like, I'm a, I'm a pretty cool, you know, person. So, like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll say a little bit of <clears throat> certain situations. But, like, I don't really want to go into detail. You get what I'm saying? I used to just tell people I got hurt on the job. Yeah. You know, got hurt on the job. I did tell one person. I had that, an injury on the job and I had to retire from it. I did tell somebody once that, because uh, I was in one of those moods. I said, yeah, they weren't, they were firing all the homosexuals. So, I had to, I had to leave the job. Oh, wow. And it just shut them down. Like, okay. they didn't want to say anything else. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. They, they, I mean, you're a big fucking guy. I mean, they, who the fuck is going to say something to you? I they, mean, like, they, they, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a pretty big guy. But, like, but you think about that. So, if I tell them I was, I retired because of a shooting. They'll ask you every question in the book. Oh, did you kill him? Did you do it? Yeah, yeah. But if you tell somebody, oh, yeah, my department fired me for being a homosexual, everybody's everybody's sort of like, (laughs) that all of a sudden is hands off. Yes, yes. That's definitely hands off. They're probably going to walk away and be like, "Uh, I'm out of here, guys. So that might be something you want to know. You know, if I do that, though. If you're secure enough. Yeah, no, 100%. But that might backfire on me. Somebody hit on you? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Say, no, I'm married. (laughs) (laughs) 
My bitch is at home. I was gay back then when I was a cop. You know, I turned my life <laughs> You guys are fucked up. But I slept with some girls on the side, and I just yeah. thought to be all the way gay. No, I, just, I, I can see where this is going. This is get There's really, a lot of gay stuff. You know what? Just, get, just getting back to that. No, me. Mike doesn't have any hair, so we're good. <laughs> me either, man. I just, I'm just covering my, my, my head right Finally, now. Finally, there's another ball guy <laughs> yeah. here. But, you know, it, it's funny when someone says, you know, oh, you retired young. You know, what happened? You say, like, I was involved in a, you know, in a shooting. And I'll say, oh, you know. Do you mind talking about it? Jeez. And if you say like no, they'll say, "Well, you're like, how did it happen?" I just said I don't mind. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. And you... Well, you've heard me say yeah. this too. You've heard me say this one where people ask me how. So what happened, or do you have a problem with it right now? And they'll just keep going on and on. I said, "Hey, listen, I was a little fat as a kid too, which I which really <laughs> fucked me up." You yeah. want to start talking about that one also? Yeah, yeah. I was that. One. If you want to get to that, I was a fat. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about Elvin. <laughs> Let's let's get into who you are. Yeah, definitely. So, um, obviously, my name is Elvin. I basically uh, born and raised in Hackensack. Um, you know, uh, had a pretty normal childhood. You know, mother and father, um, heavy churchgoers. You know, I'm, I, you know, my parents are from uh, uh, the Dominican Republic, so they came here. You know, on a banana boat, and you know, they were rowing. You know what I'm saying? And they made it. <laughs> You're not Pentecostal, so, are you? No, 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 no. I'm Catholic. My dad's okay. a, I, actually my crazy part is my dad's a deacon. Okay. Um, at one of the churches in uh, in Hackensack, um, so it's called St. Francis. And um, no Pentecostals, Puerto Rican, right? Is it? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Could... I just know they carry knives. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it. that's all I know. <laughs> Pentecostals. <laughs> we carry like... machetes. They carry knives. Yeah, know, but Dominicans, with, Dominicans yeah. with machetes, they could slap you on the ass with it and not even make a mark, except for no, a slap mark. Yeah, yeah, right. I've seen them get those coconuts down out of the trees when you're walking on a beach. <laughs> hey, well, hey, man, they know how to Yeah, for real. You chop down a coconut and pour some rum in it for yeah. you. <laughs> but um, so when they yeah. came, they came straight to this country, they yeah, grew so, up in yeah, they grew up in the Dominican Republic. Um, they came here with nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, my grandfather came here first. Uh, he started, you know, he was he was a dishwasher, and then little by little, he brought all these kids over here. You know what I mean? Seven of them. Man, they got to get a new hobby. Yeah, yeah, right? You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Man. <laughs> That's many, how it is. That's how it is back in the day. There aren't many you know? sports in Dominican Republic. No, you know, they no. play baseball a lot. So no, they just do. have a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No yeah, cable. Yeah, so, you know? No cable. No, and, and a lot of places, no, no lie, man. It's, it's fucked up over there. A lot of places, like the, the water, you know, it's in and out, and, you know, um, electricity goes off all the time, depending on where you live in. And, you know, but they get used to it, you know, yeah. but when I, when I used to go there, I haven't been there in a while, but when I used to go there, it was very eye opening. You know what I mean? You it's appreciated crazy. what you, you had here. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, you see what they go through and then, and then you come here and, you know, I lost power for a few days. I thought I was going to freaking die. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we get used to these little things, these little things that we don't appreciate, you know, uh, they came here, you know, my dad, uh, started off as a factory worker. Um, I don't know the name of the factory, but he was a factory worker, and um, <clears throat> I don't really know what my mom did, honestly. Uh, I think she she just was w- with my father, like taking care of us for a while before she became um, a bus driver for Burton County uh, for the, the uh, senior citizens. Now, the big yeah. question with Dominicans that I always ask: mm-hmm. What part of the Dominican Republic are they from? Because mm-hmm. you range in skin tone from very dark yes. to very light. It's crazy, right? Like, because yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, when people meet me, they they like, they're like, nah, you're not Dominican. Either like they think I'm Puerto Rican because I'm bald with a beard, right? <laughs> so they think I'm Puerto Rican, right? And I'm light skinned right? Uh, or uh, they think I'm Italian. Right. So I can uh, see the Italian. I can see the Puerto Rican too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. little bit, you know, but I never get, you know, Dominican. But my, my parents, honestly, my parents look, you know, like European, man. They're white. Like they're really pale skin. But then, you know, uh, which they came from the Bonao. Bonao is like a mix. Bonao is uh it's like, you know, light skin but mostly darker skin, right? 
Um, so from my father's side, you know, they're mostly light skin. From my mother's side, they're mostly light skin, but then there's some dark skin. So like, you know what I mean? Like I have some like basically like like really dark cousins and I got some really light cousins. It's the, you know it's I mean? the Dominican lottery. That's what <laughs> That's it is. What it is take man. your chances. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, you I've know. Been, I've been to Punta Cana. There's quite a few dark ones there. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. No, no, no. No, no, they're all over, man. And and you don't know if they're from Haiti or when you get up to the resorts over there, which most people go to the resorts, you know, you don't know if they're from Haiti or from, you know, Dominican Republic because they, they basically, they look the same down by the resorts. You know what I mean? No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So... It's pretty cool, but um, but yeah. So my dad, uh, he actually my dad bought a, a bodega in Hackensack, so he was there for thirty years. So he was a staple, like in that area, which is the south part of Hackensack, uh, off of Fair Street. It's called Hernandez Food Market. Like you know, a lot of people that lived around that area knew about it because you had got you know you got the south and the north. So he was more like in the south side. You know what That's I mean? what you appreciate, people who come to this country, because they're willing to work in a factory, mm-hmm. which probably sucked. Oh, my God, 100%. It probably like sucked. His, his yeah, grandfather was a dishwasher. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then come here to be enterprising and be entrepreneurial, save up enough money, you know, squeeze that quarter to the mm-hmm. eagle screams, and then eventually buy their, be, buy their own business and be their yeah. own boss. Which is kind of cool, you know, because uh, when I saw him, um, he first started there with a partner, and uh, they worked together for about five years, and then my dad bought him over. Because he he had bought another place, and my dad was like, "Well, let me just buy this from you." You know what I mean? Um, and you know, he was his own boss for a very long time. And you know, he he uh, you know, I saw a lot of ups and downs. You know what I mean? But like, my dad was you know a very hard worker. He, he was big into religion. You know what I mean? Catholic. You know, like diehard tithing. Did uh, the old tithe <laughs> ten, one yeah, tenth? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you know, they were you know, I mean, that's the, my life. Like you know, I was in church all the time. Like. All these, like, you know, and Spanish church is different from, like, the English part. I've like, been to Spanish church. Yeah, Spanish church, they're dancing, and they're, yeah. like, you know, they're playing music, and, you know, it's... But it's always know. the electric piano. Yes. <laughs> yes, the electric piano and the guitar, and they're all singing, and, you know, kumbaya and Did, shit. Didn't you know. ever see that Dave Chappelle skit where he goes, he goes out and he sees what type of music people react to like the white people react to guitar mm-hmm. and then he goes to a, a black barbershop or it's black and spanish barbershop and he tries to play the guitar and it's john mayer playing the guitar <laughs> and nobody everybody's sort of looking at him like shut the fuck up right all of a sudden he whips out the drums and all the black people start dancing and then he plays the electric piano and all the spanish people start dancing it's crazy so crazy. yeah but the, every church will have its own little uh like black churches are they, they're amazing they're mm-hmm. i love going they to really no no they're, 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 they're no and, and it's fun and you know what they um you know, that's how they keep it fun, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one thing that, you know, used to piss me off sometimes because I used to go, they used to make us go. Like, yo, my parents would die hard. Like, anybody who's listening to me, like, right You miss now, church, like, yo, you're going to hell. You. Yeah. Like, for real, like, they, like, put the fear of God in me, man. Like, I, I used to do, like, something little. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm going to fucking hell. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to hell, man. That's it. It's over, you know? Like, it's like they, they, they it's crazy, you know? Like, they, you know, everything was, um. You know, reading the Bible, doing the rosary at night. It was very, like, strict in my house. You know what I mean? But, you know, there's some good and bad that comes with that, you know? Um, Let me ask you something. When you watch Goonies when you were a kid. Oh, wow. I haven't watched Goonies When the pirate ship's going, it says, Holy Mary, Mother of God. And, like, out of my mouth will come, pray for our sinners now. Yeah, over death, amen. You know, you go through a... It's crazy, you know. See, like, that, that, that's Kevin's, like, genre of, of movies, you know. He watches, like, Goonies, like, three times a week. And then I, re- I meet the real-life slot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is, that the way, is that the movie that goes, hey, you guys? <laughs> that guy, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I partner up with the real-life slot. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, so, Christ. You move into police work. Mm-hmm. And now, was that a shock in, in the area that you grew up in? I mean, you know, uh, 
I, I come basically, I, I, I would be like the first generation of, um, you know, police officers. It, it was funny because uh, me and my cousin Chris, um, who's a Port Authority cop, that's my brother. Um, oh, and, he's a rich uh, kid then. I'm sorry? He's a rich kid. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, yeah, he, no, yeah, no, he's, he's great. No, he's, mm-hmm. he's making, he's making bread right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, um, and uh, I have a cousin, another cousin, uh, Al. Um, he's in the state police. So we all wanted to be cops, right? So we were, like, taking tests like crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I always wanted to be a cop since I was a little kid. Like, you know, people, it's a cliche thing, right? And people say, like, oh, I always wanted to be a cop. And then, like, you know, you know these people. And then, like, I'm like, dude, like, you never, like, talked about that. Like, I didn't know yeah. you wanted to be a cop. Like, I, everybody knew I wanted to be a cop. Anybody who knew me. Well, what was the attraction? You know what it is? It was the, the, the like, I loved to help people. You know, and honestly, it sounds like cliche again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, honestly, it just... You know, I just felt like I wanted know, to protect and serve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for real though. But like, it's it's crazy because, you know, um, well, when somebody's injured, hurt, in trouble, they're looking for somebody to come and help them. Yeah, police officers are usually the first ones on the scene, and they're the people are looking for like, please help, please 100%. just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah, so it's it's a good feeling and, when it yes, comes. Yes, you know? and you know, like I said, like I saw my dad like help so many people. Like my dad was one of those people that. Um, these like a lot of people will come from the Dominican Republic and he will set them up like, you know what I mean? With people and, and help them, you know, uh, in certain ways. And, you know, I saw that and like, you know, I admire that, you know what I mean? And I, and, and I just felt like, you know, like, like born and raised in Hackensack, like my dream was to be a cop in Hackensack, you know, but it was, it's so hard cause people don't understand. Like it really is the luck of the draw. Like you got to take this test. You got to score really high. And I, and I was a shitty test taker, you know what I mean? So like, you know, but I just never gave up. You know, I started taking tests when I was 18. As soon as I got out of high school, I turned 18, I started taking tests. And wait, how old were you when you got on? Um, I was 28. I, I took so my first test at 18 and I yeah. turned 30 in the academy. Yeah, you yeah. know, so it was like, it was rough, you know, because, um, you know, you're in and out of these jobs. And, you know, I always did well, you know, in sales. You know, so I was in sales for, for basically until I got on, you know, but... Boy, you go from sales to police work. What a vastly different... Because I was in... Yeah. I, I did do sales. Mm-hmm. What a vastly different world. You go from having to really grind mm-hmm. to now you got a job that is secure. Yes. You're going to get a paycheck. You're going to get benefits. You're, and it's not that you got to rest. You you have to constantly no, learn. Especially but you, not in the beginning. But you don't have to yes. hustle the same way as you yes, do in sales. 100%. And you just feel, you just feel like you're going to be in this place for you know, 25, 30 years. And it's mm-hmm. something that... Stability, me. I think, would, is the proper Stability, word. Exactly. Yeah. Where but, you know it was a struggle. Yeah, in sales, you don't know this week I'm going to do well. Mm-hmm. Next week I might not do exactly. so well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, but like it's funny because all three of us were taking tests. You know what I mean? And we we would take the Bernstein classes and the, what was the, the other one? Del Bagno. Uh, Del Bagno. Was Princeton Learning School. I never was, took a test. I never took a class. To yeah, I took. Two, yeah, we took two classes together and like, but half of the fucking classes, me and my cousin were just fucking around. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, <laughs> You're paying all that money and just and fucking around. And <laughs> we, we took it seriously, but like. You know, um, I got ADD, man. The, the teachers start talking. I'm just like, oh, yeah, and just really bad. You know what I mean? So I was never really, like, really, really good. It's kind of like going to a class once you after you're on, yeah. where pretty much the class is just you joking 100%. around and fucking around. And, and I just and, had comments looking at your watch saying, "What time is this instructor going to let exactly. us out?" Exactly. Yeah. You know, but really, it's just like I just I had the gift of gab from sales. You know what I mean? I'm really yeah. good with people, um, and. Uh, you know, I just felt like that that would um that was going to benefit me a lot. You know, on the job. You know, it's funny. You started taking tests at eighteen. Did you mm-hmm. take tests with people who got the job and you didn't? Like 100%. people that didn't that piss you off. You know what? I tried so me. hard to be happy for them. You know, but it was really hard to be happy because I'm just like, 
Because you know what it is? It's like half of being a, like, I would say like 75% about being a cop, right? Is um you got to have common sense and you got to be good with people. And you see some of these cops and I'm like, wow, like, you are not good with people. Yeah, exactly. And you do not have the gift of gap. You just you, know you can mean? just that's do good on a test. You can just do good on a test. Yeah. And like, listen, like, and that's where, you know, um, I think they should change it eventually. It's, just, you know, kind of like really like look at this and say, you know. Well, the problem, you look at those police tests. There's nothing police related on those nothing, tests. Nothing, man. No, nothing. How do you quantify common sense? If you could figure out how to quantify common sense, mm-hmm. they could put that as a test. But they can't. But that would be very difficult. Exactly. But you get the job. Mm-hmm. And I know this plays into a big part of the, your story. Mm. Uh, we have everybody in here, not because your life is all sunshine and rainbows, because you got something, you got a story that we yeah. want to hear. Uh, why don't you let everybody in on your greatest suffering story? Take a deep breath. Like you see that, like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So you like. Well, you're on patrol for how long? Okay. So I graduated the academy. I always start there. I graduated the academy in 2013 in December. And so, he, had, he had some great instructors in his class, let yes, me tell you. Yes, oh, yes, you one of them was, One of them was, um, I forgot his name. Man. I heard He's you. All headish. Uh, <laughs> I had a hair back then. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have hair? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, all right, yeah. Not yeah, but, but he looked like he was at stage four with the, whatever hair he got. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's great, yeah. But I graduated, yeah. No wonder. No wonder. Things were fucked up in in your department. Yeah, yeah, you wonder, right? Yeah. No, 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 but no, no. Well, you know, Hackensack is kind of fucked up. But anyways, did you, um, did you still have to salute the desk when you were working? Um, honestly, man, like, dude, like, I felt like I had to pull up my ass every day, like walking in there, man, because I didn't know what to do. I'm surprised you, you know didn't transfer like, to that department. Seriously, yeah, you walk in there and like everybody's telling you, like, make sure you salute, like, you know, like. And then like, you're walking around and, you know, some some guys were like, you wanted this, you know, uh, they don't care. Like, you would salute them, but like, they'd be like, ah, right, come on, man. Like, and then some guys really, like, they wouldn't say nothing to you, but then they'll say nothing to another guy. Yeah, like, Yo, well, he that was my department. And I'll just be like, Yo, bro, like, you just, like, come on. Like, I'm all about respect, right? Just come to me like a man, right? And, and just say, be like, hey, hey listen, me. listen, you know. This is the rules. This, this is the rules. Boom, I would have respected you. But you go to somebody else and tell some shit like that. And like, you my, know, my department, not only did you have to salute first time you saw him per day, you had to salute indoors because they say, well, that's what the military does. Yeah. I'm a smart ass. So I'd say, no, it's not what the military does. You do not salute indoors without a cover. Yeah. So, and they're having us wear hats. And it's, it's, it was a messed up place, but. Yeah, but you know, like I saluted everybody. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't want, you know, obviously you would miss some things and then, you know. Cause you're, you know, you're a rookie at the time, and you're nervous, and you know, you're scared shit. Yeah, you're exactly. beyond nervous. No, for real, because like, you know, this is something that I wanted my whole life. So you know, you're uptight about it, right? You know what I mean? You want to do really good. So when you want to do really good, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You know, so um, you know, but basically, I graduated um, in December in 2013. Uh, January, we started uh, um, FTO, which is uh, field training. Uh, well, you you get an FTO, a field training officer. Um, I started with him, you know, and. Um, I don't want to say any names, but he know who he is. You know what I mean? Like as far as you know, he was great. You know, um, you know, and, and then well, if you were complimenting him, I'm pretty sure you could say his name, but that's up to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's Officer um, uh, Alan Born Trigger. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you know, he, he told don't me a lot don't of mention things. the name of the jerk off instructors you had in the academy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like you know, like it, it it would change too. Like sometimes they would want you to ride with other people. You know what I mean? Get different um, perspectives. Exactly. Yeah. You know, one of them uh, you know very well, Clay Peralta. Yeah, you know, sure. I learned a lot from him. Clay's a great guy. You know, great guy. Um, you know, so basically, you know, it was like, you know, it was, it was just you know normal training, and it was you know you saw you saw a lot of fucked up shit you didn't see in the news, right? It's the first thing you like. Damn, like I didn't know all this shit happened. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. You yeah. know, you get on and you you know uh, 
you know, people blowing their brains out. And like, you're, you know, you're seeing intimate details of people's lives that you, you know, that, that I mean, you, you see, you see a guy every day and you don't know what goes on when he goes in, when he closes that door, you don't know what goes on mm-hmm. inside that house. Now you got to go inside that house and yeah. see this guy. And it's like, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and even in the academy, like, you know, you know, they're saying these things like, it's crazy because some of the stories they told in the academy, one was yours, you know what I mean? Which I listened to. And, um, you know, that, that like you're listening they just to hit, it. They just hit play on episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do now. I just, I don't even go up there and talk. I just play episode nine. <laughs> it's crazy. No, but you're listening to it and it's, um, you know, it gets real deep, you know? And then you're like, damn, like, you know, like, and then, you know, like you're young. So like, yeah, you know, if this happens and I'm going to do this and like, you don't really know until you're in that situation. Right. There's always, you there's know. always, when in those situations, there's, you find out who you are real quick. Really quick. Yep. It is a reality check for 100%, your personality. A hundred percent. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons I still go to the academy and, and tell the recruit classes because nobody gets into law enforcement expecting to be in a shooting, mm-hmm. you know, but my, I, I go up there and pretty much bare my soul and tell me this could happen to you. Yeah. You know, and I respect that, man, honestly, because. To do that, it takes a lot of balls just because when you go through something like that, the last thing you want to do is you want to keep talking about it because it just keeps bringing around those memories. Yep. And then you get into a bad mood and then you're bringing that around your, your family. And you, you, I'm I, pretty I sure tell you, you understand th- what I'm saying. Every time I go to the academy, I drive home sucks. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's because I, I just, you know, told everybody. And now, now you start thinking, what do they think of me? You know, exactly. No, sometimes I tear up during it and everything. Yeah. You know, I try to big, big Joe tough cop up there and I'm sitting there like no, 100%. tears coming down my eyes. That happens all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, you know, I'm going to get into it, but you know, it, it becomes exhausting. You know, like I had, a, I had, you know, civil suits, you know, depositions and you got to keep talking about it. It's just, you know, it, it was frustrating. But anyways, um, I was on for about two years when the incident happened. Um, and by incident, you mean you're in police-involved shooting? I was involved in a police-involved shooting, correct. Right. It's amazing how your life can change Just in like a that. blink of an eye. Just like that. And when I was in the academy, I'm like, you know, you know, 25 years, you know what I mean? Like, you're thinking all the, like... Like you do I do no your your biggest decision is do I do twenty five or thirty? Thirty, yeah. 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 I'm sorry because it was thirty. Mm. Yeah, because oh, you, know, you got in under thing. that thirty. Year I got thing. under uh. the thirty, so it was actually thirty. So, but you know, I, I just you know, I, I was just so happy to get on, right? So, like you know, and then and then you realize you know how fucked up the job is, and that's when you know you're like fuck. All right, so. You know, this is your dream job. But, so but two, now, two years in, you haven't even gotten like the bad taste exactly. in your mouth. And, and not just that, like two years in, like I felt like, you know, things were going good. Like, you know, I made a couple of good arrests, like a couple, like I, I made the paper a few times. Like, you know, they would make fun of you. You know, when you make the paper, you know, they, they make fun <laughs> of the department. And shit. Hollywood. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, but getting the ink. Yeah, you know, and but the, the article be on your locker when you get in there. 100%. Or, yeah. But the good thing about working at Hackers, like I said, I know so many people, but I had so many good relationships. And that's what it's all about. Is like I had great relationships with people, and um, I never screwed nobody over. So um, if you weren't moved, on y'all long, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, for real. No, he, no, he, but, didn't, he didn't get salted by the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put yeah. it. I'm talking about the town though, just in general, like where I grew up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I built a lot of good relationships there. So like you know, um, I just felt like I used that to my advantage at the same time, you know, because you keep those good relationships. When you're looking for somebody, you you know, you ask them, hey, you know, you seen, you seen this guy? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll give you a call when I see him. I see him all the time, right? So you get that phone call, and he's like, yeah, they're over here. You go pick them up, and then you look like a superstar, mm. right? So you know, it was it was kind of cool, you know. But um, but yeah, I was on for about two years, and you know, just before I get into the incident, I'm gonna go back to when you were talking in the academy real quick. It was kind of crazy because when when you were talking, right, I'm like, this is this, you know, this doesn't happen a lot. It's not going to happen to me. 
right? And I remember you saying something like that too uh, when you were talking about your episode, or maybe it was you, Kevin. But like, you you don't think that it's going to happen to you, yeah. right? I worked you in don't. I worked in Roseland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. And everybody, and, and you want to talk about a question? Getting back to where we were talking about before that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. You worked in Roseland. What happens there? Motherfucker, there's nothing to steal in the inner cities anymore. Where do you think they're fucking coming? Yeah, no, 100%. So, yeah, you know, you, you listen to all this stuff and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen to me. Like, you know, but I'll be ready for it, right? You know, that's yeah. what you say. I'll be ready for it. But, um, but yeah, so I was on for about two years um, at the time. So let me take you to the day, right? Um, I guarantee you know the date. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> May, May 21st, 2015. Crazy part is, is that I wasn't even supposed to be on that shift. So uh, I had switched with an officer um, uh, my shift for that month. I was actually on nights. But at the time, my wife, uh, Daniela, right, that I have right now, she was pregnant. Um, she was my she was my girl at the time, but she was pregnant. So I, you know, she needed me there during the day to help her out. You know what I mean? Like to, you know. Mm-hmm. To be there for her, you know what I mean? Like she, she wanted me to be home to sleep with her, and like you know, like I respected that. Like I wanted to be there for her, right? Right. Um, Is this your first child? Uh, my it would it would have been my second child. Second, yeah, okay. yeah. I have one from a previous. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. So I switched with him, and I'm on the morning shift. Um, I believe it was the the six to five shift or the eight to seven shift. I'm not. I don't really remember 100, percent but it was the morning shift. And it was just a normal day, man. It was freaking beautiful outside. Um, you know, uh, around that time, the weather gets really nice. You know, my birthday was around the corner, May 27th. Um, I was, you know, uh, you know, you get happy and stuff like that. You know, my uh, my son's birthday was going to be a few days after that, May 25th. You know, you start planning stuff, you know. But it was a beautiful day. Um, a normal day. It was kind of quiet. I was on Post 9, which is the north side of town. Um, and uh, right before the incident, I took my break. And at the time, my sergeant was uh, Sergeant Molina. So basically, I took my break. Uh, I actually, so Hackersack has this little um, um, gym, right? So I, I went and I did a little workout, you know, because that's what I, because uh, I didn't have time to go after. So I just did a little workout. I did a little shoulder workout. And I get back on and uh, they give me a call about a um, uh, possible, uh, uh, an EDP not showing up. Which is an emotionally yeah. disturbed person. I'm sorry, yeah, emotionally disturbed person. He did not. Um, he was trying to. Uh, the patro- the parole officer was trying to get in contact with him because he was currently on parole. Uh, the fucked up part is he has the same name as me, different last name, but same first name, Elvin uh, Diaz. So basically, they had said that the parole officer was trying to get in contact with him. Now you have you know this but, person. I was yes. going to say when when the, when the call came out and you heard the address that the. Did yeah, you know? Yeah, I, I I knew the person. Um, so Elvin is, I would say, uh, I didn't know him that well. I knew more his brother. His brother was Kelvin. Um, wait, wait, Elvin, Elvin and Kelvin. Kelvin. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? Oh, wow. So I knew, I knew, Huey, Huey yeah. Louie, and Dude. So I, I knew like a lot of his family members. Uh, you're vaguely, re- you're you're vaguely related to them. Yes, basically, uh, he would be like a distant the cousin. You know what I mean? But. Uh, uh, Which is the whole reason I want everybody to know something. A little backstory: This episode is called Sworn Duty, and we, Mike, and I wrestled over the name. How we're going to call this? Is it because he is a distant cousin? Is it parasite? Because it's de- technically parasite, which is killing of a of a relative. I understand they weren't close, but it is blood. It still is still relative. Blood. You still yeah. knew who he was. Yeah. yeah, like I knew who he was. Um, I I knew like I never had like an encounter with him. Like I would just see him and I would say what's up. Like you know, like nothing crazy. Like passing by. Like he knew of me. 
Um, but I was more close to, um, he had a, a cousin, Alex. I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, pretty close where he was, you know, we would text. Oh, he, he lived on the South side. Um, you know, we would speak a lot and he also had, uh, you know, his direct cousins were like my closer cousins. So basically what's crazy is one of his direct cousins actually was the DJ to my police Academy, uh, graduation party, <laughs> you know? So you know, his, so basically Elvin's uncle is my dad's like first or second cousin. So Elvin's uncle, Elvin Diaz's uncle is my dad's from my dad's side. Man, that's some real Dominican shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's real Dominican shit. (laughs) And you know, it's it's crazy. Everybody always made like, you know, um, I wasn't the only Dominican one, you know what I mean? On the department. (laughs) Nah, I'm going. You know what I mean? No, but it's funny though, because like they always like, that's your cousin too? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you throw throw a stone in a Dominican community, (laughs) you're going to hit somebody's cousin. cousin. Exactly. You know, but, uh, but yeah, That's so like, cause they got too much time mm-hmm. on their hands over there. Yeah. And, and so what's crazy related. is I used to call him uncle, like Theo, you know what I mean? Like his, his uncle, you know, like they were pretty, they lived pretty close to me, a couple of, uh, streets over. Um, I grew up on the South side of town off of Standish, uh, but, uh, Standish Ave, um, off of Polify road, but basically, um, you it's know, big hill, right? Yeah. That big hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the training hill. All the oh, hackers, yeah. like people used yep. to go there and train. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you know, we were like, I knew his family, you know, better, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it was just like, I, I the thing is I, I knew just before I was going there, like, um, I just didn't have a good feeling just because he, he was very resistant, to, resistant towards, um, officers in the hackers like police department authority specifically. What was he on parole for? Um, well, he was on parole. I don't know specifically what he was on parole for, but I know that um, just a few months before that, he assaulted um, pretty bad and and I think broke his arm. Um, one of our lieutenants just for questioning him about he was in the area of a um, of a robbery at the time and they had stopped him and um, he beat it. He, he beat on him pretty bad. So I knew that. This that's just for asking a few questions. You know, he mm-hmm. wasn't even under arrest. He just said, "Hey, listen, like." And like it just got so you already know it's a serious guy. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I just, you know, I just didn't have a good feeling. I would say, you know. So you show up, walk me through the incident itself. So basically, um, I pull up. Um, all right, so I pull up. Uh, once I pull up, I call that I'm there. Um, I see Sergeant Molina. Shoot, he's already there, and there was another officer, Officer uh, Nino Gallerini. Um, he actually just came off a break and he lived in the north side. He's like, Oh, I'll just stop in I'll just stop by just in case. You know what I mean? Um, for you know, extra backup, you know. So he stopped in, he stopped, and I saw uh Sergeant Molina going up the stairs. So, you know, I walk up behind him and uh basically the first door that we knock is on so when you when you enter the house, there's uh I believe there was three doors. So there was door on the right. It was a door in front of me, or maybe it had been a mirror, but there's there was another door on the left. So we went to the the the, the door on the left and we knocked on it. And his uh brother Kelvin came out. And I'm like, Oh, what's up, Kelvin? How you doing, man? How's everything? You know, he's like, Oh, cool, man. Everything's good, everything's great. You know, I knew him from high school, you know what I mean? I went to high school with him, a good kid. Uh so uh, you know, we're talking and I'm just like, Hey, you know, have you seen uh your your brother Elvin? And he goes, I haven't seen him, but I think he's in his uh he's in his apartment there. So we go to the door where he is and um we knock on the door. He opens the door 
And as soon as he opens the door, he starts to back up. Right. So like, you know, it's just didn't feel right. So he starts to back up. He goes, what, what the fuck you guys doing here? And we're like, whoa, Elvin chill. You know what I mean? We're just here. We just, you know, number one, we just want to know if you're okay. And uh, your parole also was trying to look for you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, is everything all right? He's like, nah, fuck that. I ain't going nowhere. As soon as he said that. Well, you didn't tell him you were boom. going in. He was going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you know what so I mean? Somebody's looking like, for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? And as soon as he got defensive like that, I'm like, fuck. That's when the hair on the back yeah, of your neck yeah. starts standing. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're like, fuck. You're like, uh, but like, even, you know, before I get into it, even before, you know, it was about to get the way that it got, um, I'm thinking, I'm all right, we're going to have to wrestle. Yeah, we're going to have to throw yeah, it Yeah, you know what I mean? That's all, you know, like, all right, you know, wrestle before, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, just, you know, whatever. So, but anyway, so he starts to back up and we're like, you know, chill, we just, you know. We're just trying to like de-escalate the situation, right? That's what you want to do. You want to de-escalate it. You don't want to, you know, get a, um, you know, an EDP, you know, pissed off because that's when it gets, you know. What was his specific uh, emotional disturbance? Um, honestly, we the department didn't really know too much. It's just that he he suffered from a lot of different things, schizophrenia. This is all after the fact that I didn't know, right? But basically, like you know, schizophrenia. Um, because when you're uh, dealing with yeah, if, if you're if you especially if you don't know, it's kind of a shot in the dark. But it, you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. different emotional disorders have different ways of, of that we deal with them exactly you, you know, know somebody's depressed you deal with them a certain way if somebody's schizophrenic you deal yeah. with them another way but see you know and and the general public thinks that we should know that right well, yeah know. we don't and, yeah. and you know we, we we're not there like when we go and studying people you know what i mean like we just know that you know there's and you guys know this um edp training was probably three or four hours exactly yeah. you know and um you know, there's always a couple of people in your town that are always going to give you problems, right? Oh, yep. yeah. So he was Frequent just one. Flyers, yeah. Exactly. He was just one of them. You know what I mean? So, like, I just didn't know it was going to be like that, right? But, uh, you know, I knew that I knew that he had tried to kill himself and light himself on fire in the side of a car. I, I, I knew that story. You know well, what I mean? Hard, that's hardcore. Yeah, you know, but I, I just knew that he was just totally resistant towards us. But because, like I said, what's up to him a couple of times, I felt pretty comfortable that maybe I, you know, I can de-escalate it. You know what I mean? Well, maybe, if you maybe he saw a familiar face. Yeah. You if know you I mean? can't, then the chances of anybody else are yeah. going to be very slim. Yeah. So, you know, so basically he starts backing up and he goes to, um, cause the, the kitchen was on the, on, on my right, his left. And then shit hits the fan. He grabs a meat cleaver. Okay. So now he has a meat cleaver. I, I draw my weapon. Sergeant Molina draws his weapon. Hey, Elvin, take it easy. Put it down. You know what I mean? You know, he's like, nah, fuck that. You know what I mean? Fuck that. I ain't going nowhere. You're going to have to fucking kill me before I fucking kill you. Hmm. So he's pacing back and forth. What's the distance between? The distance is about, I would say, 15 feet. Like, it was a very small apartment. Actually, what's crazy is this is probably the size of it. Which Maybe is a little bit bigger. So the distance makes a big difference because there's, back then, I know it's they different now. 21 feet. The, I thought it was 25 feet. Yeah, 21, 25. Was, but so, the, look, okay, let's- If someone has a knife. If somebody has a knife, you have to, that's how, that's the distance they can cover before you can draw your weapon. So that's yeah. with 21, 25 feet, whatever it was. So him being 15 feet in front of you, it's not a whole lot of room. Exactly. It wasn't- <laughs> It wasn't a whole lot of room, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, then, you know, everything just slows the fuck down. Then you start analyzing everything. Like, all right, he's this far, you know, like, even, like, while you're telling him, like, you know, put the gun down, you're analyzing everything. I'm already analyzing that he's directly in front of my sergeant. You see, I was by the door. 
Sergeant Molina walked in first. So there was no exit next to, it was literally just a window and a wall with a kitchen. You know what I mean? So there was no mm-hmm. exit there. Yeah. There was nowhere for him to go. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at him like, fuck, like he's right in front of him. Literally, he's a lot, he was like a little bit closer than I was, you know, because I was at the door. And as soon as he grabbed the meat cleaver, I block off the door strategically. So nobody comes in. Nino Gallerini was on my on my left on my left hand side. And then it gets crazy. Like I start like, you know, we're raising our voice, like, you know, Elvin, drop the fucking drop it. You know what I mean? Come on, like, drop it, man. You don't want to do this. Come on, you know me. And that's when I I, I have my gun like this. Um, you know, I know you can't see it, but basically I have my gun up, you know, um, and obviously, you know, in the police academy, you're taught to, you know, center mass. So I had I had the gun like pointed towards center mass, you know what I mean? And then I put out my hand and I said, Elvin, but you know me, chill. Like, come on, like, put it down. He's like, nah, fuck that. You're going to have to kill me. That's all he kept saying. You're going to have to kill me before I fucking kill you. As he was saying that, I hear steps in the back. His mom comes. And I hear like some type of like plastic bag. So she must, she must have gone to the store or something. Um, and mom, his mom is screaming, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? His brother's like, oh shit, like what the fuck is going on? Nah, chill. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's madness. So I got Nino Gallerini, um, Officer Nino Gallerini, um, on my left. He's thank God he was there though. Because, like, you know, who knows what would have happened if he wasn't there. But he was on my left. He was pushing them back. He's like, no, 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 you can't come in here. You can't come in here. And the mother's screaming. Everybody is fucking screaming. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, the, it's the everybody is fucking on. screaming. You know what I mean? Like, you got, you know, the brother screaming. You got the mom, no, Alvin, no. And I'm telling them, drop the, drop the. And the whole situation took, I think, a minute and a half, two minutes. Mm-hmm. But it felt. It felt like an hour. Fucking yeah. forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I do. I because really I do. really I know you guys do. We, <laughs> but I really wanted him to drop it. You, you get didn't what want I'm to saying? Like, nobody no, wants to nobody kill anybody. Nobody wants to shoot or kill anybody when you're on the job. You right. just want to do your you just want to go home, bro. That's mm-hmm. it. You want to go home to your family at the end of the day. You want to do your job, you want to help some people, right? Make some good arrests and you want to go home. That's it. You know what I mean? So nobody wants to do that. So all this chaos is going on. Everybody's yelling, everybody's screaming. I believed I mic'd up, right? Um, and no, no, Nino mic'd up. That's what happened. Nino mic'd up. And when he mic'd up, I said, call SWAT, call SWAT. Because he wasn't dropping it. You know what I mean? So I had my gun. I said, call As soon as I said, call SWAT, you know, at the time, just to give you a little bit of insight on it, um, Elvin had the meat cleaver, right, on his right hand. He was not staying still. So he was like pacing back and forth. You know what I mean? He was like this. And like, like you know, nobody understands. It's a split decision. It's a split second decision you got. That's it. Yep. I'm thinking in my mind, like, is this guy going to drop it? Is he going to come forward? Is he going to throw it? You know, like all these things are going through my mind in this short period of time. So, you know, in my mind, you know, I really was looking at Sergeant Molina and he was in a bad situation because he was right in front of him. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what if this fucking guy... All he takes one step and he's at him. You know what I mean? Literally, all he takes one big step and he's at him. But he was like in his spot, like pacing back and forth. As soon as I say call SWAT, he takes 
And that's going to do it for part one of The Suffering of a Sworn Duty. Join us next week for part two, the conclusion. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now YouTube. Follow Mike at Dented underscore A's. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. And we'll be back for the riveting conclusion and part two of The Suffering of Sworn Duty. <laughs>